You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and studettes. This is Brett Blankner with another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, where every show I bring you news, interviews, and training tips to have a successful triathlon career and a nice dose of Zen to have an easier life when you're away from the triathlon course. All right, on this episode, we have something really cool. We have an interview with Stride, who is a group of people bringing power meters to running, to running. Whoever thought that this would finally happen? So it's a nice interview with the with the gang behind that. It's really cool. And then also Tawny Prazak calls in, and we have a nice conversation about all kinds of training stuff and what's going on with the both of us in our worlds over the holidays here. So that's a nice phone call there. And then also I have a good dose of the training log. And that's where I take the recorder with me during my workouts and go over lots of cool stuff, what's going on, what's happening, how to train, lots of training tips, racing tips, nutrition. And in this one, I've got a special guest, Kai, my 10-year-old son, goes swimming with me before work, and I interview him in the car afterwards. And it's really funny, so you're going to like that. All right, before we get to the interviews, let's go ahead and first check out the triathlon news. Here we go. And there's no news in triathlon. <laughs> Virtually none. And it's just, yeah, because, you know, it's kind of the off-season. Down in Australia there and New Zealand, there's a lot of stuff going on. And maybe uh, maybe South Africa. But up up here in the, uh, the great white frozen north, it's uh, pretty quiet. And mostly it's people writing out their training plans and getting things ready for next year which is cool to kind of be following all that. Um, I do have, for sure, an interview happening with Helly Fredrickson and also her coach, Joel Filial, who was on last time with Jordan Rapp. So I'm very excited about that. And yeah, that we're going to record that tomorrow uh, around lunchtime. And I'm so stoked. And I put out on Twitter to have uh, people hit me up with any questions. Already got a good one in. So I'm excited about that. Also, um, I got a Garmin 920 XT, which uh, makes me no longer an official Sunto ambassador, although I'm very still good, very much still good friends with Sunto. And I'm not a Garmin person either. I love technology. And now I'm covering pretty much every kind of device out there that I can possibly get my hands on and able to uh, talk about it and all the cool tech that's going on. And I actually go into detail on the training log at long, boring detail about why, which some of you may be interested in. But let's say, uh, for example, the uh, Garmin 920, and I guess the Ampo, Am- the Ambit, Ampo, the Ambit would do this as well, except the Garmin vibrates. Uh, with the alerts that you got an email from your phone. It's got a Bluetooth connection to your phone, so it's a smartwatch. And I never realized how much crap junk email I was getting until it started buzzing on my wrist every five minutes. It's maddening. So I've spent a lot of the last week 
turning off, unsubscribing from uh, junk emails. Oh my God. The, it's, I, I don't know how many I get a day, like 20 or 30. I don't, all this stuff that I didn't think I signed up for, but some of it you're like, yeah, if you start thinking about it, maybe I did. Um, some company mails you something or I don't know, they get your email address and they start just hammering you with uh, emails. It's nuts. So I've been on a big purge of subscription emails <laughs> lately, so that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, we'll get into all that kind of stuff uh, in the back end of the show. And let's go ahead and get started uh, with the interviews. Here is the gang from Stride in Boulder, Colorado. It's a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and listen in as I try to figure out how a running power meter is going to work. Here we go. Welcome to the next level. Hi, Brett. Yes, how you doing? Pretty good, how are you? This good. is Robert Dick, and we have uh, Gus Prunetz and Lee Shaw here too. All right. How's it going? Hey, how are you? Good, good. Wow, we've got four people all together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. great. I love modern technology. So, uh, Lee Shang? Yeah. I, I Googled your name, and you're really famous. <laughs> get, get I, I, th- I, there's a, I think a cartoon about him, right? Yeah, just just a little bit. <laughs> and I think I'm a flute player, right, Robert Dick? Um, yes. Well, actually, I didn't I didn't catch your name. I knew about Gus and Lee. So, uh, Robert, how, what are you? How are you involved with this? Um, I'm a co-founder as well, and okay. I have a technology technology background. So uh, I worked as an electrical engineering and computer science professor for several years working on embedded systems, basically really tiny computers. Oh, you're perfect for this then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm the one who stays silent. So if they talk, that's that's all good for me. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I was reading through Wired magazine uh, online wired.com and they had a great article about this new product that is that I guess the author had tested out and um, called stride with a Y S T R Y D and um, it was a power meter for running and then when I started digging around a little bit more it was coming out of Boulder Colorado so check 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 everything started checking out and I uh, retweeted the article and said, "If this this looks real, and if this is actually real, um, this could be a big game changer for everybody." And so, uh, what's actually what's what's going on? How did you come up with this? Oh, well, well, those those are words are music to my ears yeah. because the the thing a person wants to hear if he's trying to put a new product into the world is that there are people already waiting for it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad right? to hear that. Yeah, yeah, we've we've been working for a couple of years to to try to take some of our ideas in in the technology world and, and turn them into something that can help um, athletes and. Really, the goal right now is to have a technology, a product that that tells you something that makes training simpler, not complex, not more complex. So, I remember hearing one of your uh, podcasts 
how you'd sometimes notice athletes who were training and using technology and they would get so caught up in the gadgets and the metrics and all that that they wouldn't be doing the training that they needed to be doing. And that's exactly what we're not trying to do. We're trying to make this easier. So the question is, what metric can make things easier and, and kind of take some of the complexity out of training? And we talked with a lot of athletes and coaches and we decided that power was really the one to go for. Um, because with power, you can focus on, on what your body's doing instead of the environment, like the, the incline that you're on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, with power, you can see what it's doing right now, not what it was doing a couple of minutes ago. This is the case for heart rate. Heart rate, right. And yeah, so we thought this is a good thing to focus on. But it turned out to be pretty hard to actually measure that outside of the lab. So you can get a pretty good estimate in the lab if you've got... Uh, and a treadmill that has force plates on it so you can measure force and then you can measure motion with a bunch of cameras but to, to take that and turn it into something that's a, a bit bigger than a quarter and the athlete can just clip on the back of their pants and go run um, that was a challenge so we spent quite a bit of time in the lab trying to solve that problem but we, we think we, we have a solution at this point so now we're starting to involving a lot of athletes in in trying it out giving us feedback you know and our, our goal is uh, in the the next month or so to, to have uh, invitation only uh, pre-orders with about a thousand athletes and if, if that works out well to scale this thing up okay so I have a, I have a ton of questions about it I saw that um, well I, what my first question is are you gonna ha- is somebody gonna have to weigh themselves so they know their mass before they go out running We'll be able to give a, a number normalized to weight if they bother to put their weight in. Okay. But the numbers can still be useful without having that normalized number. You can use an absolute one. Okay. And so I- it's 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 going to learn what what your FTP is by observing your your running. You can have that occur over a week or so uh, on on multiple runs, or you can follow a plan and have it learn it quite rapidly. Uh, and uh, that doesn't require knowing the person's weight. But okay, if you do know the weight, it'll give something you can compare with other runners more easily. And so uh, FTP, for people that don't know, um, FTP is functional threshold power, and that's that comes from cycling mostly. And it's your maximum output for an hour, and it's watts usually. And so if somebody has an FTP of 250 watts on the bike, that means if they did a full hour time trial that is the most that they would be able to average 250 watts so you're saying this device will over time learn what your ftp will be on the run yeah in less time if you decide to to follow this calibration plan basically okay. it, you run the way it tells you to for a run or two and, and then it learns quickly or you just clip the thing on and don't do any extra work and it learns more gradually do you clip it to your foot or do you clip it to you said something about to, about to your waist is it to your foot? yeah it 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 works the the so you clip it to the back of your pants, the okay. back of your running shorts. Okay. Uh, that that's where it goes. So there was an earlier prototype that we had where we were looking at some other metrics, mm-hmm. uh, and you might have seen that in uh, in the Wired article. There was yeah. a photo of of that, but we found that that to do power well, the this location, the the basically the lower back works the best. Really, not the foot. That's interesting. Huh. So what's in the, actually in the device? Because I, I, I read that there's uh, 
a barometric altimeter, right, to work with inclines. Uh, what else is in it? Just accelerometers. Uh, well, there are accelerometers, but there's a lot of other stuff in there too. It's uh, it's kind of hard to to do what we need to do, which is essentially 3D motion capture with just the accelerometers. Okay. So okay, so you're doing 3D motion capture all inside this this device. And how how big is it going to be? Uh, a, a little bit bigger than a quarter. That's so the it. batteries, it's yeah. about like two quarters stacked up on top of each other. And then the, the device is just a little bit bigger than that. So pretty compact. So yeah. I, I should say a little bit. So Lee Shang and I are, are two of the co-founders here. Uh-huh. And he's a, a professor of electrical engineering, computer science, oh my. And we've been working on this sort of stuff for years, trying to make computer systems really small and energy efficient. Right. And so... That's allowed us to to do this and get a battery life of a year while still having the device be extremely small. Uh, that that took a lot of pushing. It's a year? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Holy cow. So you're not going to have to recharge it all the time and stuff like that. No. Actually, the the way the first device will work, uh, after a year, you you pop it open and put in a new coin cell that you can pick up at any uh, any CVS, you know, any pharmacy or grocery store. Wow. So that's the deal. Okay. Are you going to do um, Bluetooth or Ant in it? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> I like that answer. So, yeah. it, so because what we're going to get to is uh, the next... Well, I, I, actually, to be precise, uh, we're, we're doing both. Right. We're not doing one or the other. We're doing both. Right. Because uh, what I'm going to get to here in a minute is, or now is because like say garments have you know fixed fields although they're going to have some programming uh interfaces pretty soon i think but um i read that you might um just push the data out as a uh, as heart rate even though it's watts and then you can look at that on your on your garment as heart rate it'll think it's a heart rate strap um but is that what you're planning on doing, or are you working with Garmin or with somebody else to try to get a field for watts while running? Well, actually, there are a lot of watches already that support power directly. So uh-huh. this is from the cycling community, right? But right. like Garmin XT Series, Sunto Ambit, mm-hmm. Magellan Switch, all of those are – you're just going to have it pop up on the watch's power. If you have a watch that doesn't support power directly, then we can use that heart rate hack. You know, you, at least you can use this device with your watch until you decide to replace it with one that that can handle power. Well, I don't, I don't know if like if I switch over to a to running mode on a gar on my Garmin, is even is power even an option? A lot of times they lock it down so that you can't use certain fields. Are, have you looked at that yet? Yeah, it, it depends upon it depends upon the uh, the brand and, and the particular model. So uh-huh. some of the Suntos can handle uh, power in running mode just fine. Okay. So Ambits are fine. For Garmin, you might have to use the heart rate hack, but uh, right. I I think that probably won't be for too long. Right. Because if this is successful, they're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna include this. Because lots of right, and it's it's pretty easy. What they would have to do on their side to display it in a nice way, it's pretty pretty light lifting. So yeah. if if we had sales, they'd probably you have to buy them some pizza or something like that and some beer. <laughs> that would probably compensate for the the difficulty of sticking watts after the number. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. After typing in uh, five characters. All right. Um, do you, have you found with 
the watts in your research so far with the watts running. So when, with cycling, uh, what you're looking for a lot of times on, on a long ride is you look for where your heart rate, um, I, th I think it's called detaches or I forgot what the exact terminology, but you start getting a gap between your, your uh, heart rate and your watts. And that means that you're, that's the end of your ability. You know, like it starts, your heart rate starts increasing dramatically compared to your power output. And, um, and that, yeah, that's a sign that you're at the end of your fitness and that's where you're starting to come undone. Have you found that actually happens in running as well? Like how similar is running power to cycling power with the, with the so human body? So there's a few questions in there. Like the yeah. first one um, it's about fatigue. Like, how do you detect when the, the person's fatigued? Right, right. Most of the testing we've been doing has been uh, with just the power meter without also doing heart rate at the same time. We have some tests with heart rate. Mm -hmm. But we found that even without the heart rate monitor, we can detect when the person becomes fatigued because we can measure changes in, in power that are pretty predictive. Mm -hmm. So th that's... That's one thing. We could notify the person based upon those changes. And then the other is how similar is uh, running power to cycling power. And, well, th the numbers aren't going to be the same, right? right. Uh, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a different activity. But some of the uses are similar. But there's some cool stuff you could do with running power that might be a little trickier to optimize much with cycling power. Like what? So with running power... So you want to be powerful, right? That's one of your goals. Mm -hmm. But also, given your capability, you want to use that power as efficiently as you can so that you're, you're putting it into um, maintaining your forward velocity instead of bouncing up and down a lot or accelerating and then braking with yeah. every step. Right. We can watch those different components of the power number. So we can see how much is going into vertical oscillation, how much is going into accelerating and braking unnecessarily with each step instead of running a bit more smoothly. And, and we can point out what's happening. And because power, we, it reacts instantly. Like as soon as you change your form, you'll immediately see the change in power. Uh, so if, if you are maintaining a constant pace, and you change your form, you can tell whether you got more efficient because you can see your power dropping. And you can also see why it changed. So it'd be like power to pace ratio would be efficiency. And then, um, but then you'd have to take into account incline too, right? Yeah. And, and so we, we do need to know incline, but we have a way of measuring that. Okay. So uh, when, how much longer till this actually comes out to market? Well, we're doing it in stages. So what we're doing right now is we have a handful of athletes that we're working with and gathering data from. Mm -hmm. Like um, we're working with Mary Beth Ellis and Craig, or not working with really, but gathering data from and analyzing that for Mary Beth Ellis and Craig Alexander and um, trying to understand better uh, what, what the best uses for this are and get training programs put together for it. And then in uh, in January we're going to be starting a invita invitation only pre order for a thousand uh, units. So the people that sign up for this, we want them to be folks who are pretty excited about the potential and are willing to talk with us and give us a lot of feedback. 
And if that goes well, we, t- t- we plan to ramp it up. So we're set up for production now, but we want to do this step by step because we want to make sure this thing is rock solid before we put it in a lot of people's hands. Yeah, yeah, because, for example, I just got the Garmin 920 XT, and the bugs that popped up once everybody started using it are just insane. <laughs> you know, all the, all the crazy little things until a lot of people start using it. Uh, you just don't know. Yep, and so we're seeing and fixing some of that stuff now with the the very early trial participants. And but the next step is to get a thousand people in, and uh, it, at that point, it, it, it'll work. It'll be useful. It'll definitely be kind of fun to be involved in this. But also, we're going to want to talk with a lot of those people and figure out what we can do to make it better before we really scale up. So, what what are some of the things that like uh, Mary Mary Beth and um, Craig are saying about it, like? Are they are they finding it difficult to use at all, or are they just strapping it on and going? It's like no big deal. And well, I mean, one of the things that that Mary Beth Ellis noticed was um, the the number is significantly different than the the one that she has for um, for cycling power. Uh-huh. And and so the, that's something that's come up. Um, I don't want to go into a lot of detail with that now because right. it's still pretty pretty early. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that that was one of the things. Cool. Yeah, so it's just a whole new, a whole new animal, huh? And are are you um, are you are you talking with anybody about uh, like with like a, a big company like like Garmin or or Sunto or Polar about incorporating this into into their program at all, or are you still totally shooting off on on your own with this, or what are your plans? Well, not totally. We want this to fit very smoothly into the training flow that athletes already have. Yeah. And and so we're working with Dirk Friel uh, oh, from yeah. Training Peaks okay. to to try to figure out the right way to do that. Um, and and also, you know, getting a lot of input from Alan Lim. Yeah. Uh, so it, we're we're talking with people. It's not something where we're. Um, planning to, to have this taken over by another company in the, the near future. We are planning to go out uh, and get this out with the Stride brand on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, because like with, um, I don't know who came up with training stress score, if it was Training Peaks all on their own, but they they trademarked it, and then now you see it on a whole bunch of devices, and that, that was predominantly from Training Peaks, I think. So working with the with Training Peaks and then getting it incorporated in, into high end users, like almost requiring it, saying they really love this, is a way to get it into more stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our thinking is largely we we want to work with the experts who understand the the way to present the data to the athletes, and we also want to make sure that athletes don't have to go change everything to use this. It should just be something where they get it, they clip it on. They're running shorts. They go for a run, and, and the number shows up, and, and yeah. they can use it the way they're using the other numbers they're using for training already. Huh? Yeah, and the um, the nine twenty I just got has that um, has the chest strap that has the heart rate strap that has I guess it's got some kind of accelerometers in it, and it's got all those additional metrics in it, kind of like what you're talking about. It's um, have you seen that yet? Yeah, we've seen the nine twenty. Uh, well, I mean, have you seen the output from the from the um, the vertical oscillation and the ground contact time and things like that? 
I haven't seen that. There's a chance Lee's taken a look at it in the lab, but I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw that. I mean, the challenge for, um, like Rob mentioned, which is how we have a simple technology so people can understand. So, for instance, you can give I can give you vertical oscillations, can give you ground time at a time. So the question is really about for each individual runner, what is that runner's perfect score, right? So, for instance, for me. What's my perfect ground time? What's my perfect air time? Yeah. Um, I don't know yet. And also, like, you, you probably have like 200 millisecond ground time. I have 250 millisecond ground time. Does, does that really mean I'm, I'm doing worse than you? I don't know about it. Right. Because all the runners, they have different running form, they run differently. Right. right. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting technology with all this information because. Whenever you do gate analysis, you're going to get a whole set of features like ground time, air time, vertical bobs, backing angle, pronation angle, all those kind of things. So the question is, when you provide this information to runners, how are they going to take action on that? I think that's the key. Yeah, you're right. Because when I look at that, it, it gosh, it produced, I don't know, like three or four different uh, data sets, this new chest strap and to look at and i don't know what to do with it you know and and then the um there's no real explanation of what's great or why and then like with uh like you're saying with cadence well cadence uh the taller you are because i'm pretty tall actually the number can be lower <laughs> than than whatever and uh do y'all do you know uh mike ritchie the coach in boulder the triathlon coach uh, Gus may know that know him. Okay, well, he's a he's a friend of mine. He's a he's a great triathlon coach out of Boulder, and he told me one time. Um, I asked him what my cadence should be, and this was a few years ago. And he said, "Look at one of your best five Ks that you've ever raced, and you'll where you had a great day. Look at that cadence. That's what your cadence should be." <laughs> when. So it's like you back you reverse engineer like if you have really good results that you should look at those numbers for you those are your numbers that are actually pretty good and that's a, that's an interesting way to decipher all all this data Yeah so one thing that one could do is if you're if you're maintaining a particular pace uh-huh and you're trying different forms, different techniques. You know, you change your cadence, you're trying to land directly uh, below your body, you're trying to have a bit more or less vertical bob. What's actually working better? Well, if you're maintaining the same pace and your power number is dropping, you're probably on the right track. Right. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, my last question is, is um, how much do you think this is going to be, how much do you think it's going to cost out on the open market? So we haven't decided the price when we have this thing scaled up yet. Uh-huh. We're, we're not certain about that yet. But we can say that it's going to be a heck of a lot less than a cycling power meter and, <laughs> and kind of in the ballpark of some of the other uh, running devices you've seen out there. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah, when you started talking about how little it needs to be, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like it needs to be, um, you know, like my power tap power meter with all these torque strain gauges and things like that in it. And um, do you have to? Uh, I got another question. Do you have to calibrate it ever, or just running? It kind of calibrates itself. Uh, the the only so everything internally is automatically calibrated. You never worry about that. 
but it, it does learn about your, your body, your body's capabilities. Okay. So, so that, that's the calibration. So like it, it, if you wanted to get advice on what power level you should be maintaining, it would have to know something about you. So it would have to watch you run for a while. Okay. So uh, I guess I guess that's all I've got. And what, what, what am I not asking that, that y'all are trying to, that you'd like for people to know? Well, uh, one of the big things is uh, if, if um, well, for first, we've got this, uh, this pre-order we're going to be launching in uh-huh. January. We want to get 1,000 people in. We'd like you to be one of them because oh, you, okay. you understand you know, training with, um, with data, but oh, also you, you, get, you get that you shouldn't be focusing just on the data and the gadgetry, right? There has to be a line that's drawn where it's all about training and the data is just an aid. So right. I think we could get some awesome feedback from you. But for, for your listeners, if you go to stride.net, S-T-R-Y-D.net, okay. if you're interested in being one of those first 1,000, please come on over and sign up. And uh, yeah, that's our, our focus right now, you know, getting 1,000 out, really understanding how people are using them, make them work well, and then, and then ramp up from there. Well, I think it's definitely going to happen because I, uh, I remember after I tweeted that, that link to that article, I got a bunch of, of uh, feedback, people very interested in it. It's very intriguing, very cool. I'm glad you're yeah, doing it. And that, if I if I might just uh, in, uh, intrude here real quick, um, one of the things that we haven't really talked about, and even in the uh, in the podcast as well as the the Wired magazine article, mm-hmm. is uh, the coaching component of this because it is a wearable technology. It is smart technology uh, because it starts to actually understand you. We can actually give you virtual coaching or real time coaching through the platform. Uh, so we are working with different coaches right now to try to incorporate uh, coaching methods and using power as a as a way of you know how to how to increase better better performance for somebody and and understanding what's happening and get coaching from it. So wow, yeah, that's something. That's uh, that's so. what uh, once I started training uh, with uh, cycling power and then using the power numbers like weightlifting. Kind of, um, I started noticing huge improvements, where I would do intervals of, of, you know, threshold power above threshold power, and then back down to recover, and just massive improvements in cycling, right after doing that, and and that just doesn't exist in running right now. So that's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, are you gonna make a uh, are you gonna make an app for a, for a phone for people to to use, or you? You're gonna leave that up to to somebody else, or or what? Oh, we we have uh, an app now. Okay, great. Yeah, so we we plan to support Android and iOS. Oh, great, great, cool. All right, well, thank you very much. Yep, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. And then uh, Rob uh-huh. did mention as well is that we also have a cloud uh, training program as well built into it. So uh, uh-huh. just like. Like you would see in Training Peaks and Strava and so on, so our, all this data goes into our own cloud infrastructure. But then we can also work with other APIs that have open APIs. So um, as we start to work better with uh, whether it's Training Peaks or Strava, and they start to adapt this, uh, they'll hopefully will add it into their their platform. So if you're using running and and, and Power gets in there, you'll be able to to actually get your information there as well. You know what I'd really love to see because I I deal a lot with geography, is the 
the pattern of variations in power of people that live on in flatland, like Gulf Coast, versus people that live in the Rockies. I, I think you're going to like our training center. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we show that and in, in how it relates to, yeah. Yeah, I the, mean, the, there's a reason the why some of the best runners and cyclists in the world live where it's mount or come from a place where it's mountainous because there's intervals, in a way, like built in. And they're, they're constantly stimulating, you know, the threshold. While if you live where it's flat, you're just kind of going medium all the time. You have to find something that goes up. And on a bike, you can do that because you can keep gearing down. But when, with running, it's you have to find a treadmill uh, with a hill. You have to mm-hmm. do an incline. Like where I live, the, the steepest thing around where I live is about 3% grade. So <laughs> if I want to do hill work, yeah. I've got I've to get on a treadmill. Oh, you got to come up to Boulder. Oh, no, I've been there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it up there. It's great because you got both, right? You can yeah, the, the trail easy. running there is just crazy. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there plenty. It's great. Well, cool. Great. Well, thanks for your time again. Thank well, you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Keep in contact. Bye. All right. Thank you, guys. Really can't wait to see this thing come out. I went over to their website and signed up so that I can be <laughs> I can be alerted of what's going on. I guess get an email so it buzzes on my wrist. <laughs> but this I'm I'm really looking forward to. And yeah, give them give them a, a little bit of your attention there and see kind of what's going on. It's very interesting stuff. And this part of the show was brought to you, well, used to be brought to you by Amphibian Multisport out of Libertyville, Illinois near Chicago. But their time is up. So, I have space for a sponsor. If you want to sponsor Zen and Yard of Triathlon, it's only $99 for an entire month. So you get three or four shows in there. And I mentioned whatever you're doing and what your website is and how to get in touch with you and promote your thing. So it can be anything that you want that is somewhat triathlon related, or maybe even not. I don't know. Just let me know and we'll see what happens. So my email is texafornia at gmail.com. And let me know if you want to get your information, your product, your anything out here for people to hear about. Your race. How about your race? That'd be really cool. All right. Let's see. Next, we have Tawny calling in from her car, I think on her way to Big Bear or something. I don't know. Let's listen in. Hello. Is it Brett? Yeah. I know it's Brett because it's a random Palmdale number. <laughs> and I'm like, only Skype calls from Palmdale. Palmdale. Yeah, I don't know why. They're, they must have like a, um, what are those, like a circuit or some sort of uh-huh. like base in Palmdale, California because... It's beautiful. To- it's beautiful here right now in Palmdale. <laughs> <laughs> If you're in Palmdale, I'm on my way and we're going to partake. That's not it, too, too far from me. It think. looks a little like Texas. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little yeah. barren, a little just meh. So you're in your car, a car. Yes, I am. Yeah? My car, my Subaru Outback. Oh, cool. Your surf vehicle. Surf vehicle. I got to get, actually, I have to get soft rack. Are we recording right now? Yeah, we're recording. 
Awesome. That's what I thought. That's why I had my like game face on already. Um, I have to get surf racks for officially now because I just got a stand up paddleboard baby and I oh. got to transport that bad boy around. Okay, so I've been looking for one and I've never been able to find a good deal. You have way They're better so access hard. to more selection where you are. Yeah, but, but the thing is, like, I was trying to look for a used one as well and I was like scouring Craigslist and like all those sorts of sites and. There, the resale on those, I mean, there you don't find big, big, huge discounts even for a used board. Like, it's hard to find something, um, at least for what I was looking for. I was looking yeah. for more like a race-style 12-stick stock board. It, you can't find it for, like, less than $1,000. Oh, man. It's crazy. But you know what? Like, I after this year and, like, the path that I've been on and things that I've learned and um, want to do for myself, like, going forward, like, uh-huh. the benefit from something like stand-up paddle boarding is just, it's worth it. It's completely worth the investment for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, the the best thing I've got right now is I have a um, I have a longboard skateboard and one of those push sticks. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I can walk, you know, like fifty feet out my front door and get where I have just endless neighborhood streets that are like either like one or two percent grade just kind of like 3% grade, just kind of cruising around and rolling around. It is awesome. It is so cool. That's cool. Yeah. So have you ever uh, gotten speed wobbles and totally eaten crap? Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I have to very much be careful of that because I used to be a big skateboarder, longboard skateboarder, not like the short like little like trick stuff uh, uh-huh. back in the day. And there was a couple times where I never went to the hospital, but there was probably a pretty good chance. Like, I'm freaking good. Yeah, <laughs> I used to... I used to have my um, Dalmatian. I used to have a Dalmatian. He was just the right Oh, my rate. gosh. How cool. I, he used to pull me on my skateboard, and I had learned that you can use like a 30-foot oh like or whatever it is, however long it is, a retractable leash. Maybe it's 20-foot. And then it's like you're wakeboarding behind a, a speedboat. It is really, so really cool. Yeah, because then you you're can... You're putting your life in the hand of a Dalmatian. Oh, yeah. He can... <laughs> the paws can, of a Dalmatian, I should say. Yeah, you can carve and, and, uh, and like, it's nuts. It's really cool. Hey, I'm driving through a canyon, so there might be a period for, like, two minutes where it might kind of get crappy service every now and then this corner, but hopefully uh, we'll survive. Okay. So this is weird. Um, you're on. You're in your car, and I'm at my house. Yeah, we're reversing roles for once. I <laughs> wish I had like my Skype video on. You can see. Actually, I just got finished doing my workout. Did a math session on the bike. I'm I'm doing this uh, big block, although it's not very big. But when I do ride the bike, I'm trying to work at my true math heart rate. Which I don't know a lot of folks out there, but if you're, you know, sometimes it's hard to hold your math heart rate on the bike, which mm-hmm. I have found to be the case. Um, usually my math heart rate is more like what I would like race that hard. So yeah. I'm trying to make that become like feel easier. You know what I mean? You know what? Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Let's talk about it. So I had, I had that same problem and you know, everybody when they have that, have any kind of problem, they think that they're just special or different, you know? Right, right. Of course. Well, Math I'm special. You're not special. When I run, my <laughs> heart rate's naturally 180 beats per minute just running at an 11-minute mile. At like a 15-minute pace. Yeah, it's like, no, you're out of no. shape. Uh, anyway, yeah, so um, so I worked on – it was because of uh, you interviewing Maffetone and then me talking to him after that where just several times, many times, just hearing that over and over again that it's it's perceived – yeah, and um, it's not 
it's something you can actually improve. And now my, um, I, I would do higher cadence, and it lifted my heart rate. It it lifted my perceived level of exertion, so that it, I could go harder. Um, and then my heart rate is now much higher on the bike, and I'm going faster because of it. And I can, but in a good way, like yeah, yeah. so. Well, I'm going faster. Obviously, because it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna reach a point of diminishing returns. Like you want to be able to be like super efficient and fast to map heart rate, and that's what ideally you probably want to yeah. be able to race that, just like with running. Like, but because like, you know, some people are gonna probably get confused by that, being like, well, don't you want to like keep your heart rate kind of low so you can like conserve your energy? And yeah, you don't want to ride your bike at like 180 unless you're maybe doing like a sprint triathlon or something. Right. But it it's all about relative intensity, man. You know, like yeah, I, I how think does it, it feel? I think it has to do with um, when your heart rate's much a lot lower on the bike than it is on the run for the same perceived amount of effort. Then actually, mm-hmm. you're I'm guessing I think this is it. I think your cadence is too slow on the bike. Yeah. If your cadence, yeah, yeah. if your cadence was let's say your cadence is 80, um, if you could get your cadence up to 90, guess what that does? It drives your heart rate up, but if you got your cadence up to 90, imagine how much faster you would be also as well. And then once you get used to it after a while, um, it seems normal. It's weird. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was actually finishing my bike with, like, high, high cadence drills. And I, I always think about Sebastian Keeling now because what he's able to pull off, like, in just racing, he's riding at, like, 100 plus cadence. I was, like, struggling oh to, like, God. stay at 120 to finish yeah. out my ride. And that jacked my heart rate up to, like, 160. Yeah, um, and my mouth is like 150. So yeah, it yeah, just takes it's a, awesome. It just takes a few workouts like that, and then you'll notice totally. that your cadence is naturally higher, your heart rate's higher, but you're not as tired um, because now your your neuromuscular firing. Yep, is, I was going to say that right. It's easier. So you know what's funny though? Like yeah. a couple of my peer runners who aren't triathletes that I have doing um, cross training on the bike. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that they were <laughs> a little resistant to wanting to bike, they're like, what are you trying to do, turn me into a athlete? <laughs> um, but once I put them on a bike, it seems like they're, like, more naturally have an easier time holding their mass heart rate on the bike than my triathletes. They're like, oh, yeah, that was fine. Yeah. That's not a deal. I'm like, what? That's, that's, I don't know. What do you think that is? Like, I think we fall into a trap um, biking a lot of getting lower and lower cadence that you've actually yeah got, yeah you've got a, too much of like cruise mode and, like too many yeah. junk miles because I found that my um, on rides recently that my mind is trying to make excuses for a lower turnover it's going uh, you know you don't really need to pedal this fast or whatever you'll be all right why don't you work on low cadence and climb hills and I'm like no don't say that. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> I, I hear you because I remember even like when I was uh, working with Lucho and I'd average like 130 heart rate on the bike, he'd be like, that's way too low. And I'm like, but look, I think it's for me looking back, it's just because I, ha- I hadn't really rested enough. Mm-hmm. I had rested, but not taken enough time like off from the bike, especially. And so when I'd get back to it, I was just kind of like going through the motions and yeah. not really able to get the best out of myself. And now that I've sort of taken the year off for the most part, well, not maybe not the whole year, but. Mm-hmm. It's actually like the math stuff. It's it's refreshing. Like it's almost like a desirable thing to be like, oh, cool, I can hold my heart rate at one fifty versus being like, yeah, one thirty is good enough for today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we met, um, probably a couple years before we met, uh, I was uh, I had Rich Roll email me and say, dude, 
<laughs> That's the way Vinny said, dude. <laughs> he didn't say dude. Class he might have said dude. I should find that email. It's it's not cool to share emails, but this email changed my life. I, I should. I wish oh. I could post it. And it said, dude, you're. I think you're overtraining. Um, the oh, reason yeah. why your heart rate is so low on the bike and on your runs, and your run speed is just kind of meh, and then you're kind of bummed out and just not doing so well, is overtraining. Mm-hmm. And so yep. I was running. I don't know, like a 10-minute mile or something like that, which is okay. But at like, I was having trouble getting my heart rate over 120. Yeah, it's a sign. That's a huge red flag. Yeah. And you're lucky a guy like Rich Roll, that's probably had to have been way before Rich Roll podcast. I don't think it's oh, yeah. on hands like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but for a guy like that to reach out to you. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, you know, there's two types of athletes. I'm finding this more and more. Like every day I see an example of this. One who will take that as constructive criticism and do something with it, even if it means, you know, like thinking about it and then saying, like, nah, they're wrong, like at least absorbing the information. And then the other type of athlete is the person that says, like, you're wrong. They won't even <laughs> give it a chance. They just kind of like throw it out the windows if it's garbage. Oh, it was, I totally, I, I wanted somebody to, when he told me that, I was, and he said, I suggest that you take, gosh, like, a month or two, like two months or something like that, and do nothing at all. And I had yeah, nothing yeah. coming up at all. And um, I did that, and I also put on a training camp right in the middle of that. And even at the training camp, I did nothing. I said, I'm not doing anything. Y'all go out and run. Good for you. Yeah. And I was I Good was just loving it, <laughs> like not doing anything. And then, um, so, yeah. Wait, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Have you ever been coached? Do you get coaching? Yeah, I was coached, um, gosh, back in 2007 by Mike Ritchie, and he's the coach of the University of Colorado uh, triathlon team. Oh, cool! And he is—he's a level three coach. He's the real deal. So he's like a—he's like a Joel Filiol, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I listened to that interview. He's yeah, he's one of the best, absolute best, and. Um, so I asked tons of questions and I paid attention because I realized that what I was getting was um, Education. something, it was, it was better than a, than a wetsuit or a bike or anything. What I was getting out of that was something I could use the rest of my life. And the longer I keep training, the more I remember stuff that he said that, made, that now makes more sense all the time. That's cool. Why you'd Very cool. It. Yeah. So speaking yeah. of, uh, you mentioned Lucho a minute ago. Um, Mm. I want to say that Mm. I had something happen with y'all, y'all talking on the, uh, (laughs) y'all, your, one of your recent interview, maybe most recent, uh, talk with the coach with him is exactly the reason that people should listen to podcasts because there's those little jewels of information that come out. That. Is it where I said, I just want to package that up and sell it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I said, we said something on our last show, and I literally, that was our response. <laughs> um, no, it's where he said, you were talking about nutrition for workouts. And he said, what I do is I start people out on maltodextrin. One, oh, yeah. One yeah. thing, and then improve on from there. And my biggest limiter is uh, nutrition. My stomach starts to hurt, and then I can't eat um, towards the end of races. And it just sucks, you know? And so yeah. I did a um, 
I did. I have a big bag of maltodextrin, just straight maltodextrin, and I um, I did an entire two and a half hour. I I basically simulated my uh, Austin uh, half Ironman. Yeah. So I did the same amount of time, two and a half hours, and plus a little bit, and then um, the same watts on the bike, and then ran pretty faster than that. Oh, this is the file that you tweeted to me yesterday? Yeah, yeah, the Lucho okay. method is what I call it. Okay, and that meant not the, the maltodextrin, using that? So I used, yeah, I used just straight maltodextrin. I did 350 calories per hour with some sea salt in it. And it was wonderful. Like, it worked Boy, great. No. Now, I'm not saying that that's what I'm always going to use, you know, but that's like, that's where you start off, right? Right, exactly. And because, you know, the funny thing is a lot of people actually are sensitive to maltodextrin and it will yeah. cause GI um, issues. But, you know, my philosophy is like, the more simple you can get your nutrition, the better. Whatever that means for you, yeah. it's, you know, find yeah. out. Like, maltodextrin, like, I'm meh. I just actually don't really. <laughs> I actually, I'm a big fan of the you can these days. You can, yeah, I can that see that too. Yeah, honey water, or I'm still a big box breaker person, depending on the type of session. And, and yeah, that's see, like I think honey stuff. might actually hurt my stomach. I think fructose. Yeah, yeah. And I think sweet stuff might actually hurt my stomach. So, but starches might be way better for me. So, like you're saying, yeah. you can. And um, I might get some UCAN off your site because you have such a good discount on it. Was it like thirty percent? Yeah, or yeah. Um, that was a temporary, but I think we're we're talking about doing some cool stuff here in the near future. Those guys are super super awesome, and you know I'm like pounding on like these companies that I've you know come to love and use myself to like team up and yeah. do some cool stuff to get other people on board. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, and so but, yeah, to simplify it just down to one thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I love Lucho when he was like, it's cheap. He had me at that. I was like, oh, there you go. <laughs> Triathlon's too expensive. <laughs> but you like your Amarita bars. And aren't, yeah. But are those... Now, that works well. Right, that, that those worked, are almost exactly like bonk breakers. Yeah. That worked well, too. But I also... I did Amarita bars and honey. The So mm-hmm. so basically, two weekends in a row, I've done a half Ironman, the bike and the run uh, simulator. Right. And not the full run, but just running... What it, the half Ironman I did in Austin is after I finished the bike ride, and that's pretty that's easy enough to simulate. You know, that's not like a monster bike ride or anything. And then, um, and then I can kind of simulate the watts, so I know it's about the same effort level. Um, in Austin, I got off the bike and started running, and my stomach like I couldn't eat anything. And then I had to run uh-huh. on fu- I had to run on fumes, and my stomach was all locked up, right? And it hurt. Yeah. Like, the far the faster I went, the more I thought I was going to throw up. Wait, and- did you just have a, the Freudian slip and say you farted? What? what? I swear it sounded like you just said you were farting. No. Further farting. You actually said fart. <laughs> I tell you what, at at, uh, at Iron Man Texas, I was thinking about I would I would have gone over to the side and pointed my butt up in the air and farted. Just, Lots of toots. Yeah. If I wouldn't have been worried that people were going to try to like suddenly give me CPR, and I'm like, just leave me alone. I just need to fart. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're oh. too famous. If you get caught farting, it's going to be on the cover of Twitter magazine. <laughs> oh, well, I'm to the point now where I fart running like past know, people right? at a race, and I don't care. I'm just like, I don't care anymore. I'm too old. Um, oh, but my gosh. No, that's like how, you know, like people in their 80s, like they'll fart like in public and just not even care anymore. Oh, they're so over I, by then. I it's can like see the same that. way, like backing out of a driveway or something yeah. or parking spot. They're just like, I'm going for it. You know, yeah. I've lived this long. Let's go for it, baby. I need some activity in my life yeah but um uh so i uh two weeks ago i did the amrita bar and honey to try to get it uh because amrita bars have like 220 calories and then uh okay yeah yeah. so for me that's not quite enough and then um and then honey on top of that and then when i ran it felt pretty good you know but my stomach Mm -hmm. still hurt a little bit and i didn't want to eat on the run but at least my stomach wasn't killing me and then this weekend I did just straight maltodextrin um, on the on the uh, on the bike. So basically the, the exact same thing. And then the See, here's, yeah, I, as my as I'm kind of like evolving into my own journey and studying this stuff and listening to like appropriate podcasts like on the topics of like gut uh-huh. health and all that. I don't always. I'm starting to become a believer that I don't think it's just what nutrition we can or can't handle in the training. Uh-huh. I think it's what we're bringing to the table, like. In the first place. So say, for example, you have a little bit of bacterial overgrowth in your gut or something. Oh, totally. So so like if you're having something like a fructose or sugar-based thing, like that's more traditional in that sense, that that's just going to send what's already a little sensitive in your gut, like overboard. Whereas someone who's taken the time to like clean out their gut and, you know, there's no issues there, Mm -hmm. good, you know, enough good bacteria, enough good bacteria, um, bad bacteria, blah, blah, blah pretty much anything might work. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Did you see the article where they figured out that they can, there's, um, they can harvest a hormone or something, a chemical coming off of bacteria in your gut that, um, if you, if you, um, how do you put it? If you eat fiber, there's bacteria in your gut that like fiber and they digest fiber. Well, guess what they do? They release a chemical that your brain reads as I'm full. Yes. So you I was just actually, listening to this on yeah. um, Sean Croxton's podcast. They were talking about that. Like the guy, I was like, "Yeah, anyone who tells me that they get bloated or overly full from eating a little bit fiber, I know they have a gut bacteria problem." Exactly. He, exactly. He um, uh, my buddy Triboomer years ago, he was hanging out with me, and he ate. I got him to eat something that was like really nutritious and full of fiber, and he was bent over double with like pain later. You know? Yeah, that's not normal. No, no, it's and and yeah, but if you eat fiber a lot, then it's not a problem. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so so what you're saying is for people to be better with uh, sweet stuff on the run, they need to just eat tons of candy. Exactly. Duh. All the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> the season, baby. Load up on those donuts. Load up on the chocolate that's, milk. <laughs> that's what I say about my beer sponsor. It's, it's helping me with my gluten tolerance. <laughs> I'm raising my my uh, gluten tolerance when I'm out drinking. <laughs> Power to the glutes, the gluten, the glutes, <laughs> the gluten. Putting the oh, gluten in gluten. So what's new? We haven't spoken in a while. Well, the, I've been still listening to your podcast all the time, though. Well, thank you. I've been listening to yours too. It's awesome. Um, the biggest thing is that really the only thing what I like to say that's happened is that race in Bahrain. Yeah, that was pretty badass. And that was so awesome. 
And um, I've got, I'm super stoked. I've got an interview lined up with Helly Fredrickson. Uh, I thought you were going to say Jody Swally, or, but I guess Helly is going to be your, probably your new girl crush, huh? I don't have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I like just call you out on your girl crushes because it's pretty obvious. Whatever. <laughs> I saw all the girls just dying, tripping over their tongues over a railer pulling his shorts down too low while he's. Ew. I do. Okay, I didn't feel like that. But, oh no, no. I, I like a guy that has a little bit more meat on his bones. Oh, is, is he? He's too scrawny. He's a little too scrawny, although he definitely wins in like the entertaining um, uh-huh. comedy personality department, kind of like Sebastian Kuehlay. Is he the one guys. that people were calling Skeletor, or is that his brother? Uh, they're both a little skinny. Uh, yeah, we've talked a little bit about it on, I think, my show with Torsten before, uh-huh. that Rayler Bros can afford to, I think, pack on a couple pounds. Yeah. I mean, and they're, you know, it's interesting, too. They're often, like dealing with injury and stuff is there a correlation i would say so oh so this is tawny putting the uh i know this is the dr tawny (laughs) dr tawny (laughs) (laughs) bring forth your problems Uh, she will decide your solution so um the 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 most bizarre thing i don't know if i how i'm gonna bring it up on the interview but with heli and um uh what's her name xena yeah, saying oh, that, coming. saying that crap on Twitter um, before the race, or I mean after the Wait, race. Duh. I didn't, I missed that. What happened? Oh my god! Oh, gosh, you I'm gotta so, be kidding me! I'm not even kidding. What you happened? You gotta be kidding me. Carol and Stefan. They were were they talking ish to each other? You don't. You really don't know about this. Are you being serious? <laughs> I'm, I absolutely don't. I, after I, the I've race, been... Caroline accusing Tawny. Uh, Tawny. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> Helly. Helly uh, of, of something. You don't know? Because I'll read it to you. No. No, I, I absolutely, like, I'm completely, okay. even Torsten didn't tell me about it. I was sort of off the radar last weekend. Unfortunately, oh, my fault. You were officially um, so off no, the radar. I, I totally missed it. Okay, hold on. Let me get it. Because I was going to make a blog post about it, and and clip. I clipped out the, the, the picture and was going to, oh, my God. But then I figured I didn't want to, I didn't want to propagate something that was already pretty bizarre and nasty and look like people oh, were trying you, to trying to back out of it. Hold you got to share the gossip with me, man. Now I'm like dying. Oh, I got it. I got it right here. <laughs> okay. okay, hold on. Let me let me pull it up. Come on. Tawny's waiting on you, you stupid website. Cat fight! Oh, yeah. Totally a cat fight. Okay, here we go. Got it. Okay. Okay, so Steph Hansen who I don't know what place she got or anything, or if she even raced. I don't know who Steph Hansen is. Okay. But she posted a picture um, right after the race, like that night, that said, drinks are on me, hashtag challenge Bahrain, right? And she had Hele's, um, that giant check. Yeah. Or maybe it's a giant, maybe it's not a giant check. It's hard to tell what it is. But anyway, it's the check. And um, and over Helly's name, she wrote her own name with a piece of paper on top of it. So it was funny, oh right? That was yeah. funny. Okay, that that's uh, that's that's there's no problem with that. That's just being funny. Okay, it's and still then, kind of... um, Carol and Stefan within within the hour wrote back to her at Stefan Hansen I am. 
in my eyes, that check belongs to Rachel Joyce or Jody Swallow. Good job, girls. Hashtag 20 meter rule. Oh, okay. Whoa. And then, oh, where'd it go? Hallie wrote back, what are you talking about? (laughs) We've been hanging out all night, and you now bring this up? And just exclamation points and question marks and like WTFs. It was crazy. And then Carolyn went back and deleted her tweet. Yeah, I was actually, okay, so I just pulled up Twitter like from my phone while you're talking. Mm -hmm. It's gone. All I saw was an apology actually from Carolyn Stephan. She apologized? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, we'll talk about it offline. Like something about doing it like on um, Twitter. So, okay, so it was drafting accusation. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh man, I, I did. You, did you watch the? I, it should have been pretty easy. I, I the coverage was pretty, you know, solid in terms of video uh, documentation of anything. So yeah. did anything um, get unfolded that way? Was there actually a problem, or is it just no. really rumor? No. Um, from what like most that? people can tell, there's this the tiniest bit of drafting, but, but in places where you couldn't really avoid it, you know, like in turns and stuff, and it didn't seem to be that big of a deal. So right. Ugh. Um. But slow twitch went nuts with this and people trying to figure it out. And then um, I think that they ought to do this like every race. (laughs) Yeah, the girls need to just drum up drama and start pretending like they're accusing each other of stuff. And triathletes gone wild. Yeah, because then the guys go crazy. Like they're like, what's going on? We've got to figure this out. Oh man, the sport definitely needs some excitement, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, okay, well. So it's you're. Definitely not rumor has it, good. you're a girl. So what's going on here? <laughs> we need girl analysis. Like, it's a catfight thing. And I'm sure, like, it seems, okay, Rachel Joyce, Carolyn Seth, and Jody Swallow, they seem to probably be a little bit more closer. This is what happens. Like, there's these clips that start. This is just, like, my speculation. I don't know. It's for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, those three girls, for example, they've all done Kona together a million times. They're kind of within the same circle. And even if they're not, like, BFS, like, they're still pretty close in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, okay. Whereas Helly is probably, like, sort of outsider. She's an Olympian. She's a model. Like, she's hot. Um, she's this cute little blonde chick and, and all of a sudden she comes and steals the show from these other few veteran women who are, you know, kind of like trying to back up their Kona performances. So I could definitely see how there's like a quick sort of issue starting and then Hel- Helly comes in and uh, again steals her thunder on some level. That's how but. I feel when I show up to races. I'm the, Hell yeah. the beautiful blonde leggy person. And everybody's like, who's that guy? Hey, feel something. <laughs> Watch out, Zentri Nurse. Your man is sought after. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, no, everybody's like, stay away from him. He's farting. <laughs> All that maltodextrin. Maltodextrin, yeah. Yeah, yeah one of the reasons I never really went, went big with the maltodextrin is because of what I'd heard that it could do, you know? So, yeah, yeah. And I think... Yeah, I, I mean, if you have, like, stomach of steel, like Lucho and a lot of people, I think it's a great steel source. Like I said, like, you know, the more simple... I feel like athletes especially, they just want to make nutrition more complicated than it has yeah. to be. Like, you just 
want to make sure you're not going over your calories for the most part. Like, you're, yeah. if anything, you're better on area in the side of going, like, a little bit too low. Yeah. But in Ironman distance, you should be fat adapted enough where even if you were a little too low, that's better. It's way better than the alternative high. going yeah. over too yeah. much, you know. So, what do you, so. so I read in interviews with Heli and with other people that because of – so the Bahrain guys um, have, you know, Challenge? launched this – well – but challenge, but with these um, these royal princes and everything, have yeah, yeah. launched like a million dollar series, and there's people that are talking about that it's totally changing their their racing plans for next year because of the amount of yeah money. that's that's what I was asking Torsten when we did our um, Chinese show up week you know we talked a little bit about the new triple crown and everything and mm-hmm. you know to me the biggest factor and all that was the date like our, you know, challenge and, um, you know, the uh, Dubai, is it Oman? Um, yeah, and then Oman. obviously Barad, our brain, um, are the dates of those races going to be compatible with still people trying to qualify for Kona and everything? That was, that was, to me was going to speak louder than the numbers, you know, whether they were trying to take away from Kona. But it sounds like those first two races are going to be earlier in the year, like Mar- March, April, May-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's official yet. And then Bahrain looks like it's still going to be in December. So it looks like it could work very smoothly if you're still trying to be an athlete qualified for Kona. Now, the other thing, though, is, is like trying to specialize at both distances with how fast they're going to be getting. Yeah. You know, is it really like worth your hard time, you know, all your energy and your time and all that to try to go for both? So I think at the end of the day, like, Honestly, the way I see it and the way I see a lot of pros is like Kona has an allure that if you're a pro and you're just like, you know, kind of dedicated or like just a child of the sport and you just love it for everything, you're going to want to get there regardless of the money. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like that. It's kind of a thing like that, you know? Whereas if you're more maybe a little bit new school with everything and Kona sounds cool and everything, but you're not really willing to like kind of just chase points then maybe the million dollar triple crown could be a better alternative. Um, but I, I will, I, I can't, I can imagine that it's probably going to maybe separate the field, uh, you know, going one way or the other. It's probably going to be hard to cross over and be able to be top of your game at both. When you think. Yeah. The, the specialists at their distance, those are the ones yeah. that win. And cause I, I'm like, well, if I got, crazy good at half so all i have to do is just slow it down and do a, a full and i'd probably do fine except you know the i <laughs> i'm not competing at the level that these people are you know where right. like by focusing on exactly one kind of distance your training so tailored to that that it makes a difference of like 10 minutes or so but that's a difference in a, you know like a hundred thousand dollars and five thousand dollars you know yeah I, I mean i think all these people are capable of it it's just a matter of at the end of the day like what are your goals are are your goals to cross the finish line on a leading drive and just feel that no matter where you're finishing in the field or is it to you know go out there with intentions of making a lot of money um i think again like i think this sport like a lot of people are i don't think Cohen's going anywhere i'm i'm pretty confident saying that yeah. it will be interesting to see someone like torson though like run some stats um, on just this stuff, like, you know, in the next couple of years to see how 
it starts affecting things. I think it's going to take a while to kind of see what the results of, you know, it's definitely game changer, the challenge triple, triple crown series. Like yeah. I, it's absolutely game changer in a positive, positive way. I'm a huge fan and I think it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Yeah. And what I noticed, you know, this comes from my like journal um, background in journalism, uh-huh. you know, when new publications come on the scene or, you know, even as a podcaster, you probably understand this too. Like when new podcasts come in the scene within your little niche, it raises the bar and it, causes everyone hopefully to put out a better quality product um so you know in the sense of like challenge versus iron man uh-huh. you know all of a sudden challenge provided this phenomenal video coverage for example well you know eventually like iron man's gonna have to like think about that and consider that and you know stop getting having the reputation of like you know 70.3 world championship coverage kind of thing that happened you know what i mean yeah um so hopefully it raises the bar so everyone responds and good stuff happens for everyone oh but when new podcasters come on the scene i immediately try to set the bar back down to really low all over again <laughs> i go look i'm gonna eat on the mic and i'm still gonna get five thousand downloads watch <laughs> i take i take your studio recording equipment I, and raise it by my iphone in the locker room Oh, man. Well, that's a different, like, that's the thing with, like, people like you and I, though. You know, we love what we do. We yeah. have our quirkiness in, in our own unique shows. We have our yeah. vibe. We have our followers. Like, I, I think the more podcasts that come out, like, it's great. Like, it gives more variety, you know? Yeah. If yeah. You wanna, the, the, I, coverage, I the coverage issue is is one that is such an an issue of perception where people say it's it's you know it's no good it's it's um who would want to watch it anyway and it's like that is the problem is you're you have who are these people you've got are you not paying attention to other stuff that's on TV because right and then the other sponsors that come on board you know um like somebody was talking about they took a picture of a, of and sent it to Messick. You know, like here's a Rolex on top of this one like sailing thing or whatever. It's sailing. You know? It's the <laughs> most boring thing in the world. They just point the boat in a direction and they just go. And then but it's sponsored by these huge I think they call it non endemic sponsors, ones that don't have anything to do with the sport. Uh-huh. And then those sponsors pay a ton of money because they just love the image of being associated with it. So yeah. like Rolex, right? With the with America's Cup. Rolex does right. not build sailboats. Sailing is not interesting, but somehow they manage to make the coverage like super cool that people want to watch it. Uh-huh. And uh uh the other one was um Le Mans 24-hour racing. How is that on TV? That's what that I mean. That that one definitely has a soft spot in my heart and everything because I've been involved in that race like through my family and everything for yeah. my whole life. But um, I that was my argument too. It's like it's a twenty four hour race. I mean, obviously, no one's going to sit there except for my boyfriend uh, glued with it, you know watch the whole twenty four hours. Yeah. Um, but they find a way to make it interesting. It's all about it's like with challenge. Like they have people like Maka and stuff commentating. Making it interesting. By the way, like that that race is not even that long. Everyone, pretty much, like the top people are going sub four or sub four thirty. Yeah. So that's really like. <laughs> well, what they need to do is they need to say they need to allow the girls to have iPhones on the bike and then tweet about each other cheating 
while they're racing. Man style. Yeah, it's Siri. Don't want to touch and ride. And then and then <laughs> it's it's got little bubbles above them. OMG, who is this girl? Who does she think she is? L O L R O F L. Right? Uh, and then everybody's like, oh, did drama. you did you see that? Like that. <laughs> that is too funny. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, you know, it, it, it would just go to show you, too, some people, like, depending on how you race, do you race, like, fueled by anger or do you race within yourself? That's, uh-huh. you know, that's a, kind of an interesting thing to think about in yeah. that sense, too. Well, the, the funny thing I heard about um, the challenge race was how fast, because Jody and... Helly come from ITU background and Rachel mm-hmm. Joyce doesn't that when they took off on the run all pretty much around each other that it scared the crap out of Rachel <laughs> mm. <laughs> that, yeah. that they they they're used to starting off hard on the run and then taking off and uh as they passed Rachel she was like holy crap what's going on yep yep so. it's definitely I mean yeah Ooh, these fast girls, this short course background, it's amazing and interesting to see. You know what's interesting? I was reading um, Tim Reed's blog on mm-hmm. Bahrain uh, the other day, and he's such an awesome guy. He's really, he put together a solid year. I think I, I think it goes without saying this is probably the best season of his life, um, and it's, it's so hats off to him. But it was funny, he was talking about Sebastian Kinley and how Kinley got the flat and everything, and... Uh, he kind of threw it out there that it was a calculated risk, and Kinley rides much more uh, thin tires that have definite flat potential. So when they work, they're a beautiful thing, and the pros at this level can absolutely feel the positive difference of hmm. riding those tires. But you know yeah. they're much more likely to blow. So did they say what see- kind of tires they are? Um, you'd have to look at Tim's blog. He, I I don't know if he called out the brand or anything, but he might have talked a little bit more detail than I'm able to provide right now. Um, okay. But, you know, you see, like, a guy like Keenley, he gets quite a few flats. And that it's not just, like, a freak random thing in, on some level. Like, he's making conscious decisions to say, like, well, I could go faster at that level. You know, he could go faster if things go right. But if things go wrong, then it's like, shoot. Although, you know, to Tim's point, he's like, well, why isn't he just, if he's going to ride those tires fine, why isn't he just bringing a spare, though, so he can at least sort of yeah. fix himself appropriately? I don't know. Well, it's kind of like, I'm looking at his blog right now. It's kind of, you can't find it. The, um, at that speed, and if the races are shorter, like a half, to these guys, half's still long enough where I could recover and not yeah, percentage-wise, not have that that much of a difference if I had a flat. Yeah, I would say like if you're getting a, a flat and you know half Ironman or longer, yeah. like make it an experience, make it a you know a good practice of like controlling your Here's you know adrenaline and all that. And, yeah, Tim Reed running in a speedo. I didn't even the, see that. Yeah, the budgie snuggler. Or whatever. Thanks for doing that to me, Tony. <laughs> okay, so then uh, that was a trap. Anyway, the. Uh, uh, I think I could change a flat in about seven minutes if I was a rear flat. Seven minutes working fast because I changed one the other day in ten minutes. That's good. That's yeah, good so sure. seven minutes, right? Because I'm like I'm careful while I change it because I don't want to get another flat. So um, so seven minutes to me, seven minutes. Yeah, you know, you'll fall down a few places, but it doesn't really matter that much. 
you know, but yeah, for them, like, hey, we just got to reprioritize his goals. Yeah, to them, sense. seven minutes in that race is huge, huge. Oh, it's like the difference between first and fiftieth. Fiftieth? <laughs> I don't know about fiftieth. Yeah, but definitely. maybe definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, it's it's crazy out there. You half Ironmans, how fast these yeah. guys are going now. I love so. half Ironmans. I think they're the best. They're the best for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I agree. I'm thinking about which one I want to jump into next year at this point. Although, I will say, okay, i got to share something. I haven't even told anyone this yet, not even on my own podcast. I signed up for a race for next year, and it's something I've never done before, shockingly. Mm-hmm. Um, Badwater, 130? A full marathon. I've never done an open full marathon, only in an Ironman. Yeah. So I'm going to go tackle that distance and see what I can do. Well, um, how much time do you have? Five months, five, almost six months. Are you gonna try to target um, a certain? DQ? No, no, no. A certain amount of mileage a week or anything like that. Um, well, it's definitely gonna. Most of my training is gonna be mass focused to begin with, and I'm I'm not. I'm gonna set myself. I'm gonna coach myself through it and set out some benchmarks that I want to try to reach in terms of like certain long runs and. But not really adhere to necessarily a weekly mileage goal. I'm kind of getting more and more of a fan of not having to stick. Like, I know to me, to me, a lot of people, sometimes, like, having to force yourself or, like, having a number, like, that you have to reach by the end of the week can almost become a negative thing because then you're willing to put your body through when you should have maybe rested instead or done something else. You're like, no, I have to get my miles, and that can actually turn into a negative. So oh, yeah. You're chasing I will numbers. definitely have yeah. benchmarks and mileage goals that I want to hit more within like a certain our time goals, for example, for like long runs and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But I'm going to let certain things sort of evolve as they will. That's cool. But I'm not going to half-ass it either. I mean, I'm going to go full forward with it. I'm excited. You're going to try to – well, it will be your PR one. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the best thing about doing a race for the first time. No matter what happens, you're just setting the baseline. You have no yeah. standards. And I know it'll be better than what I did when I ran Environment. So that's, that's Yeah, good. well, I think you do so much like <laughs> uh, like core and weightlifting kind of stuff that yeah. your problem won't be at all like fatigue. Yeah, and, and you know better than to train too hard so that you get injured. So yeah, focusing on like... Like I was running today... And it's, yeah, it's interesting how your training goals become different the more you learn. And mm-hmm. so I was going to run an hour and a half. I did run an hour and a half. So the first hour, uh, because I know that the second half is going to be plenty hard as it is, right? Because mm-hmm. it's on the back half of a full hour of running already, right? So I'm running just easy with my dog. And then I drop my dog off because he's done after an hour, you know? Yeah, and um, it's warm out here, so I'm like, he's done. So then the second half, I ran faster, and then I'm like, well, how fast should I run? And I'm like, well, a little bit above race pace because that'll improve me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, so I was running, and I'm like, uh, I'm looking down at my watch, and it's telling me my pace, and I'm like, this is plenty fast. <laughs> yep. I do not run this fast in a in an Ironman uh, marathon, so this is faster. Then, um, and it felt like I was working pretty hard and I'm like, that's plenty, you know? And I could tell when I was done that I was just done and it's nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very beautiful thing for sure. And I I think that even though like I'm 
definitely a proponent of mask style training. I think even mask tone would agree to this. Like, there is a time and a place to go intense, and it's not just in a race. Especially as we age and everything, like, kind of flirting with that high end um, and oh, that goes no. for You're either. You're so old. You really need to watch it. I'm so old. You know, I'm going to be 30 <laughs> in a few months. <laughs> oh, OMG. No, I mean, but no, I'm not just talking about for me, but, you know, athletes in general, because a lot of people I work with are 40s, 50s, even 60s. Um, in fact, I just brought on a pseudo celebrity onto my roster for 2015 coaching, and cool. I don't, I'm going to say that one for a surprise. Uh, but, you know, it's like flirting with that high end is important because it's so much more easy to lose that, mm. you know, the more we age. And that goes not only with weight training, but with obviously cardio stuff too. So. Yeah. Yeah, there was a study yeah. I just read where they compared walkers to runners at the same age. And they're, these are people like in their 70s and 80s. And there were like people that still ran some. And they had the runners walk, you know, with, the, well, you know, the same route or whatever as the walkers and the run uh-huh. people that had run that ran, that ran every once in a while walked faster Yep. Um, because the walkers get real sedate, you know, they just walk and they don't ever push themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're not as fit as, as they could be. Um, and the runners were a little bit better off. So that makes sense. Uh-huh. Well, hey, my friend, I am actually, I got to get going. I have some people to hang out with and watch cool. some guys brew some beer right now. All right, some gluten. Some gluten. <laughs> no, they're like doing great. John, oh, man. And so if anyone's in Southern California area and wants to sample some beer, these guys are making it like crazy. Yeah. And they definitely can't drink as much as they're making. And I'm so excited because John is going to start brewing kombucha. Oh, um, cool. Which I still love and drink all the time. And he, we were talking yesterday about some cool, awesome like flavors and infusions and things of that nature. He's going to do. So I don't trust yeah. kombucha. I don't. I don't. That stuff that's floating around in there looks like sea monkeys and stuff. The probiotics, man. See, this is what's going to. So it's all coming full circle here. So like, <laughs> give yourself the healthy probiotics, and then you're going to be able to not have your tummy issues on your I'm gonna, runs. I'm going to say that kombucha makes me sick, and you say no. This is the cure. <laughs> Cure, man. Cure all. It is beautiful stuff. All right. Cool. Well, you have fun. It's been cool talking to you. Yeah, we got to do this again soon. I'm going to probably be like a little MIA MIA the last couple weeks just with like stuff we have going on. But Uh um, let's let's get let's plan a schedule and do some stuff in the new year. You got it. All right. Talk to you soon, Brett. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks a lot, Tawny. It had been a while since I talked to her, so it was really cool to catch up. And yeah, check her out on uh, enduranceplanet.com and Tawny Prazak. You Google her and she's all over the place. She's a, she's a fitness coach and all kinds of cool stuff in Southern California and Orange County where the sun shines and the, the beach is wonderful and the, the beer flows like wine. <laughs> anyway, oh man. So let's go ahead and get started with the training log. But after we mention a few donations and emails and a sponsor, AmritaHealthFoods.com makes Amrita bars. And I love the heck out of my Amrita bars. And actually, our shod with our Amrita challenged me to locate some other fitness and health bloggers, podcasters that are interested in talking with him and Amrita. So let me know and let him know, amritahealthfoods.com. And by the way, you can get a discount on Amrita bars 
Let me see the discount code up here. I have it. It is ZEN. Discount code ZEN, all caps, at AmritaHealthFoods.com. You get 15% off your order of delicious, wonderful, all-natural Amrita bars. They're freaking great, man. And they're good fuel for training, as I mentioned on the last show. Okay, let's read some donations. Uh, John R. Taylor donated to the show. Elizabeth Davis donated to the show. Simon Wright, Vesa Loikas, John Burns, Joseph Rogalski. What's up, dude? Il Sonyur, Brett Hoyer. That's a perfect first name. I love your first name. And Melissa Boudot. And you too can donate to Zen and Yard Triathlon to keep the show on the air and help with all the costs of this overly crazy expensive lifestyle of triathlon and expensive bikes and time away from your family and technology. Oh man, it's expensive and it's it's a lot of work to get shows to you guys. I'm I'm sitting in my closet recording. Uh you know, sitting on a I'm sitting on a Gatorade cooler over here. This is uh done on a shoestring budget and money uh <laughs> donations can always help. It helps a lot. Anyway, you can find out how to donate on the left side of zintriathlon.com. You can go there, scroll down, and there is a donate link. You can donate uh, one time, or you can set up a recurring donation, which is great. Those are cool, because um, that's less than $4 a month, and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. And then it's like a dollar an episode. It's pretty cool. And then uh, you can actually unsubscribe from the donations anytime you want. I really recommend that one. That one's cool. But uh, either way, you donate. You can email me anytime and ask me questions and I'll answer them on the show. I love doing that. And on the right side of the show, on the show page, zentrathlon.com, you can donate or get Hornet Juice, which is this crazy amino acid powder that actually helps you metabolize body fat. And it's synthetic Japanese killer hornet saliva. And I'm not kidding. And the other thing I'm not kidding about is it really works. It works. Not only does it really work, but it works really, really well. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it's nuts. You got to do it. You got to do it just to just to get it and show it to your friends. It's crazy. It tastes a little bit like grapefruit juice. And you mix it in with your water. It's about 60 calories a packet. And one packet lasts an hour and a half. So it works great, and it's a it's a good it's a good buy, and it's fun, and it's it's neat, and it does work. And a small portion of that actually goes right back to Zen and Yard Triathlon to help support the show. So that's how you can do that. And also, we got to give a shout out to my gluten sponsors. What I like to say, New Republic Beer, and what they've got going on. They're the best. I don't know if they're still the only, but they're the best brewery located right here in College Station, Texas. And they help support us with the Iron Baby every year and now the Ultra Baby Texas that we're going to do next year. Where we're going to do an Ultraman distance plus one mile. Ultraman plus one mile distance here in College Station, Texas. You can find out more about that by going to zentrathlon.com and looking at the top of the page and there's a link to the ultra baby 2015 up there it is for real we're really doing it it's crazy i got another email from the belt buckle people we're gonna do belt buckles for this one all right let's go ahead and get started with the training log i think we got everything else out of the way so i think this one kicks off with kai in the nissan xterra zentri mobile studios 
talking with me about going swimming before school, and it's a lot of fun. So, oh, and then there's a lot of Garmin stuff in there, and Sunto stuff, and and all kinds of neat stuff. And nutrition, yeah. yeah, good. Glad you like it. Listen in. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. Hi everybody, my name is Brett, I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on dudes, let's go exercise! Exercise! Yeah! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself! Alright, training log, December 12th, 12-12. 2014. I'm leaving the pool. I had a special guest want to come swim with me this morning. Uh, what's your name, sir, and uh, how old are you? Kai Blankner, and I'm 10. Are you eating on the podcast? Yes. <laughs> oh, go, go. Woo! All right. So Kai asked me a couple days ago if he could go swim with me, and I said, yes, dude, I would love for you to, but this is before school. It's a school day. It's Friday, and so yesterday we packed up all your stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What was all in your bag this that we packed up yesterday? Um, clothes I'm gonna wear to school. Um, socks. Well, yeah. Food. You have your lunch. Food. Already, have your lunch already made? Mm-hmm. And swimsuit. Why are you holding it so close to my face? Because it picks you up better. It makes you sound clear. Okay. And I think that's it. This is podcasting 101. What does 101 mean? I don't know. <laughs> the don't know mind. All right. So we swam for almost 40 minutes. And Kai, I've got a Garmin 920. i got the new 920. And I swam with the Sunto Ambit 2. And Kai swam... Kai swam with the Garmin. I've never swam with it. Kai's the first one to swim with it. And we had the screen lit up so you could see it. Was that pretty cool? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I could see it from across the pool underwater. And did you like it? Was it, was it, uh, you're 10 years old, right? You weigh like 90 pounds, let's say. Not even 90. How much then? Like 70 something. No, you weigh like 80 something, no, I think. I don't. Anyway, but the garments uh, pretty light, right? Mm-hmm. So was it uh, did it weigh you down or anything weird like that? No, I didn't even feel it on me. Okay, you need to keep putting on your shoes and socks. I'm trying. I can't untie this. Well, you better get that knot untied before we pull up into the dro- the carpool lane, the drop off lane. Oh my God, are we gonna have to stop and pull over? We have to stop this podcast. Don't make me pull over and stop this podcast. <laughs> Why do you have to be so mean? <laughs> okay, but did you have a? You, we were swimming and it was uh, there was a moon out, and we were swimming in the dark. Mm-hmm. You don't sound very excited. Was it cool? A, a little, yeah, I guess. Oh my! This is the worst podcast guest ever. <laughs> so anyway, as a dad, it was really cool having Kai. Um, want to go swim with me and then taking him to go swim with me and yeah you swam 1250 meters in 
38, 39 uh, minutes. And you did a couple sprints. How many sprints did you end up doing? Right, two. Two. Cool. Oh, and you did the pool boy between your legs? Yeah. How was that? Did that feel weird or what? Weird. Yeah. It hurt. It hurt? Well, I think you jammed it up too hard or something. Maybe. I don't know. Hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> you use a pool boy so that it hurt. Wait, 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 did it hurt in your legs or hurt in your arms? Legs. Okay, I think you were wearing I think you were wearing it wrong then, dude. It's my first time wearing it. What what am I supposed to do? Okay. Cool. What? What? I'm leaving you alone, so I'm not the helicopter parent just hovering above you. Exactly. Is that good or bad? Good. Okay, good. Alright. And it was funny, the the old lady from Guatemala. Right? Yeah. She liked you a lot. And then oh I gave you some pointers on swimming. The reason I gave you the pool boy is because when you breathe, your legs spread out, and that'll help fix that. And then uh, your head was coming up out of the water a little bit too much. You go you go faster if you keep your head a little bit lower. And then you met Dwayne, the guy that was swimming in the lane next to us. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And he was cracking up about how much you and I look alike and swim the same, so that's pretty cool. So what's school like today? What are you going to do? You have a test? Yeah. So it went from I don't know to I have a test? Yeah. Okay. Much. <laughs> oh, you have a lock-in for Cub Scouts tonight at a church? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Sorry. You're like, you're like Dark Mark, man. You're Dark Kai. He's a guy on another podcast that burps too much. But it's kind of funny. He'll be interviewing... Uh, Craig Alexander or something and then start burping. Alright, then uh, I think that's it. Right? Good times? Sure. <laughs> You're going to be so tired. What time? We got up at uh, you got up at 5, just after 5. I got up at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, I got to say, I'm really I'm really excited that you came and swam with me. That meant a lot. So anytime you want to, just let me know. We don't need to make a habit out of it because it's it is getting up way too early. But it's fun to do something special like that every once in a while. Right? And so that you can see what it's like. Like the, He got to see the high school swim team swimming some. And uh, grown-ups swimming. That this is a thing that people do beyond high school. I think that that's a big problem in high school. Is there's no continuing... There's no classes on like, look, to be a... When you're out of high school... If you don't keep doing X, Y, and Z, you're gonna be a you're gonna turn into a fat, lazy slob with all kinds of medical conditions. So this is what you need to do, and here's some people that are doing it. You know, some role models. And uh, anyway, that's it. I'll be back later. Thanks, Kai. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Alright, out bang. Alright. Getting in the, the vehicle here, but only just to talk, not to drive anywhere got to get out of the house. I wanted to record something for the uh, podcast and there's uh, the Chevy Chase Christmas movie. Was it family, family Christmas lampoon, national lampoon Christmas, whatever. Anyway. And uh, Emily's on the phone. Today's her 40th birthday and she's on the phone with some of her friends and people calling her and Kai and I, I cooked her 
breakfast this morning and and brought it to her in bed. That was her biggest wish. <laughs> and yeah, it's been fun. Lots of lots of cool stuff going on. I want to talk a little bit about training and fueling. And earlier in the show, you heard Tawny and I talking about the Lucho method, which I just made up that name. Oh, I got a board on the fence coming off. I have to nail that back down for the dogs push it over. But anyway, um, and it doesn't have to be maltodextrin. It can be anything, but you strip it down to one thing. The problem with, let's say, honey or Gatorade is that stuff is most likely to make your stomach hurt more than anything else. And um, starch usually won't. And that's why Tawny was saying uh, super starch. Uh, Maltodextrin, which is UCAN. Maltodextrin is, um, but UCAN is pretty expensive. And maltodextrin is really, really cheap. Um, I uh, have been going for years with the notion of don't use it because you'll have a sugar crash and um, it'll make your stomach hurt. I've had neither one of those. So that's legend that maybe happens to some. Um, so check it out for yourself. And also, the um, it doesn't taste sweet. It just tastes... It tastes the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest bit sweet. And if you add sea salt to it, it just tastes like uh, a little bit of salt water. You barely, you can barely taste it. It's fantastic. And I think it's actually a little bit better for your teeth than because um, uh, it's got to convert from starch into sugar. And it takes a little bit. And um, you can rinse it out of your mouth probably before. Um, and that might slow it down, I guess. I don't know. We'll get some nutrition people in here. But I know for a fact I get no sugar crash from it. And from honey, I get a little bit of a sugar crash after taking it. And my stomach hurts a little bit. And um, and back to our sponsor, Amrita Bars. Um, I think what I might do is Amrita Bars and Maltodextrin. I might work my way up to that because I think the Amrita Bars are fun. And um, the Maltodextrin... Um, it's the honey actually that might be my problem. So the uh, Lucho method again is go down to zero and then fuel on one. Th- find one thing that you can fuel on that doesn't hurt your stomach, and that's what I did. And so yesterday I did a two and a half hour bike ride, fifty four miles, um, at over the watts of what I did at Austin, and then went for a thirty minute run. Was that yesterday? A 30-minute run afterwards. And not only was my stomach not bothering me, I was able to keep fueling on top of that um, with about another 100 calories of uh, maltodextrin as I was running. And the only thing I noticed is if I ran really hard, uh, my stomach kind of hurt a little bit, but not in the sick, sweet kind of way. And then I just drank more water and then it went away. And I was running pretty hard. So... Um, and I was running faster, about the same, or maybe just a little bit faster than my race pace at Austin. And, uh, like I've talked about before with the polarized training method, doing intervals and stuff is what makes you strong and fast. And you only really need to do long stuff. Like what I did yesterday, that was three hours altogether, um, to test out, um, uh, you know, like how you're doing, if you do go long, is your nutrition good and is your pacing good? Long workouts actually don't make you uh, any faster, really. They just break you down. And um, today I did a longish kind of run, which was 90 minutes. And 
uh, an hour with the dog and then dropped off the dog and then went harder on the same fuel again, maltodextrin. And I was able to eat um, 300 calories per hour uh, while running and with the maltodextrin and it was fine. Felt great. And yeah, just like, wow, this is really, really good. So I can't wait to maybe add some other stuff in. But I might not, you know, I might do some Amrita bars kind of here and there. Um, but definitely Amrita bars uh, pre-workout are nice to get your uh, energy levels up and feeling good and something in your belly. But um, the other thing is, is I've been using, oh, and I just went for a bike ride this afternoon and I did an interval bike ride and it felt great. And I was using uh, maltodextrin as fuel and it was amazing how much uh, power I was able to put out and my stomach felt great. Everything just felt great. So, um, I'm really, really excited about that fueling. If you get your fueling worked out, you feel like you've unlocked your actual true potential. Now you can actually train and race and and build upon your strengths more and more and more uh, because you've eliminated a potential problem. And I encourage you to figure out something um, that that works. And yeah, you can get um, maltodextrin, I think, at a brewery store. And I think uh, the, the problem is, is you might want to buffer it a little bit. You can throw half a Tums in there. And my... Uh, my Garmin uh, 920 just uh, vibrated on my wrist. Let me know I got an email. So let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, so the whole thing that I want to get out of the way is everybody's like, well, golly, Brett, you're a Sunto guy, aren't you? How can you be getting a Garmin? <laughs> well, it's true. I I was a Sunto ambassador for many, many years. Um, but in a, in a... First off, I want to say Sunto makes freaking awesome stuff. And what Sunto does is... Uh, their stuff just flat out works and it's super, super durable. And uh, that's something that a lot of watch watchmakers uh, could improve on, <laughs> let me just say. And the um, Ambit 3 is all Bluetooth and the Ambit 2 is, um, is Ant. And um, there was a variety, a big list of reasons of why I switched over to uh, Garmin to use. None of them are any reason why, any single reason why anybody should should uh, switch. But for me, it was like a lot of things, and I still love uh, Sunto and and would strongly encourage uh, lots of people to get it if they feel that that's the watch that would uh, work for them. But let's see, um, I'm a coach and I use Training Peaks. And I haven't been using Training Peaks for myself uh, for a long time, for several years now, maybe a couple of years, uh, because Sunto and Training Peaks cannot seem to uh, get along where you get automatic uploads from your Sunto stuff to your Training Peaks. And when I do get it to work, it'll be missing a kind of data. And then you've got to go through an extra step and stuff like that. So as a, they call it eating your own dog food. Um, for me to coach better, and that's where I get a lot of spending cash for triathlon stuff is from coaching and pay bills and all kinds of stuff. Um, I, I feel like I need to be using training peaks for myself and using, uh, the ambit was, it was, it was just not happening at all. And I know that with the Garmin that they've got the kinks worked out and Garmin stuff uploads automatically, uh, to training peaks. So that was, that was a big thing. Another thing was my power meter 
is uh, is ant. It's a it's a power tap, and it's and it's ant. Um, so if I got the new Ambit three, oh my Ambit two was about. I just had a feeling it was about to finally cave in after uh, two years of use. That um, uh, the beeping, the the audible part had stopped working, and um, who knows what you know is finally going to break next. And that's not a Sunto quality issue. I mean, I put that watch through the freaking ringer, man. And I would strongly recommend it. Uh, I I I don't know if this garment's going to last anywhere near as long as that freaking thing did. <laughs> and uh, the um, uh, what was I going to say? So the the hold on. All right, I'm back. Sorry. The power meter was um, I'd have to upgrade my power meter, which is going to cost 150 bucks to Bluetooth, and then. Uh, then it would be Bluetooth. And if I ever had a dedicated bike computer, see, Sunto doesn't make a dedicated bike computer. And dedicated bike computers are fantastic because right between your hands, you can look at, at numbers of what's going on. And uh, the Garmin 510, for example, is 10 screens of data in between your hands. And I'm a data nut. And it does ant. So I would have to get this chest strap thing to um, translate from from Bluetooth back to Ant for my dedicated bike computer between my hands. And I'm like, nah, I don't know. So um, more fields of data with Ant with a Garmin 510 between the hands. And then the, um, and on the watch, um, the Garmin 920, it's got four screens of data. And then another thing that I've really wanted to do is get the vibrate motor in the amp, in the, um, in the Garmin. Uh, because I the the Sunto Ambit hasn't had a any kind of vibrate motor in it, maybe, maybe ever I think, and I'm a huge fan of that. That a lot of people, you know, they don't they don't care, they don't need it, they turn that off. It doesn't do anything for them. I like it. I used to have a Garmin a long time ago, um, before uh, that I that I quit using when I uh, started working with Sunto, and it had a vibrate little motor in it, and I liked it. I liked it a lot, you know. So I've really really missed that, and. The uh, killer feature is you turn the audio off, but the vibrate on, and you can be in a meeting at work, and um, your wrist will vibrate, you know, that you've got a, a text message or an email or something like that, and you don't have to pull out your phone. Uh, this is really cool. You um, you just look at your wrist real quick, and then, and then flick it back, and then you're up to date with what's going on. And yeah, the audio will do that and your phone will vibrate and do that. But man, having your wrist actually vibrate for me is like super, super cool. So that gets back to something else. Um, the, even though I've been doing triathlon, well, the thing is I've been doing triathlon for 10 years at least. No longer. I've been doing it for 12 years, 13 years maybe. And, um, I am very aware that my time in triathlon could be short. You know, you don't know when you're going to get really injured or get hit by a car or you're just not motivated anymore or you get sick, you get cancer, you get anything. So you have no idea how much longer you're going to be in the sport. It Every year, every minute that you're in it, you're taken away from your family a little bit and it's uh, it's very selfish kind of sport. And um, as good a job as I do of incorporating the family and getting all that done, I still, you know, I need to make my time in the sport um, worthwhile. 
And also, I am a lot of us are people that to to um, stay excited about training. It's nice to have uh, something new and cool. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a new bike or uh, a new gadget or a you know, new location that you're training at. Uh, just anything. You know, a new treadmill, new trainer, new laptop. And um, these things really, really help. And I just felt like I was getting a little bit stale with my, um, with my gadgetry. And the thing is, is, I'm a freaking gadget nut. I'm absolutely gadget crazy. And you don't really catch on with the show because I just talk about, you know, one, Sunto. And the, um, the, the motivation to train with, because you got a new, a new gizmo or a new whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, it just matters with you, like what you like and what something that's different. And then, you know, it could be, you could be having Garmin stuff and you want to switch over to Sunto, you know, for the excitement and something different or polar or something. And the thing is, is as a, um, so that you don't know how much longer you have in the sport and I'm getting older. I'm on the bad side of the older curve, you know. I'm 41 and over the years I'm going to get actually slower technically probably um and I'm fighting that. So I want um to I wanted to get the best coolest thing that I could that would inspire me to keep training and the reason I'm telling you this uh is because you should do the same. <laughs> if there's a wheel set out there or a bike or a computer program and you really really want it because you think that it's going to make you train better or whatever and you can afford it then get it absolutely do it you don't know how much longer you're going to do this this is a hobby you know spend a little bit on yourself and and do it and then the other thing is uh like i was saying i'm I, i'm a gadget nut and my background my job is in technology and computers and stuff and not being um i wouldn't say not being a, a particular company's ambassador, so say Sunto, now I'm actually free to talk about all this technology that anybody's putting out. Um, and I was probably not, you know, was I free before? Probably, but it's just not right, you know, if you're a Sunto ambassador to be talking about how to use uh, Garmin's uh, training stress score, for example, to train. And the... Uh, Sorry, I got distracted. There's a bird flying over there. That's typical me. So the <laughs> the um, I'm going to be able to talk about all this technology that's that's going on um, with all the different all the different watches and tell you like what how they all work. And I've been dying to do that for a long time because I find this stuff so interesting. I know way more about it than I ever let on because in the background I study this stuff. You know, like I really know how all this stuff it puts together and what's coming and what's not. And I don't talk about it all that much on the show because, you know, it's different brands and stuff. And um, I guess maybe the last thing is, you know, like um, uh, being a Sunto ambassador is great, you know, but they don't like, they don't like send me any money or anything like that. You know, it's, they're just nice. And they, they uh, support me with a, with a watch now and then. And, um, and it's nice, but you know, it's not like it's not like I'm Conrad Stoltz, and they're they're sending me like tons of free stuff at the latest stuff at the uh, at the um, at you know as soon as it's released for me to check it out. 
and uh, you know, like constantly like like serving me everything on a silver platter. You know, the the Sunto Ambit Three has been out for a for months, and I don't have one. <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit lower down on their list than you might think. So um, I was going to get one maybe maybe in January, and um, the last Sunto Ambit Two uh, that I got uh, when I fi- I finally got one, um, uh, it had been months a couple months maybe after it had been released and it was the first one that was actually going to show power meter data power meter data and I still didn't have it and I couldn't take it anymore I bought that one myself on a, I got a pro discount on it but I bought my last Sunto Ambit 2 myself because it was a power meter and I got a good deal on it um like maybe half price or something like that but you know they didn't they didn't give me that one and so i've been like really i feel like over over time i've been like a real strong supporter of sunto and they deserve it and it's really really great stuff but as a sunto guy i think um it's it's not i'm not quite high as high up on their list as like uh as you would think the um, and and so them losing me is, you know, it's just like, it's just some guy. <laughs> Although, um, I think I'm a little bit more than that, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, like, again, I'm no Conrad Stoltz or, uh, 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 Caroline Steffen, I think is sp- sponsored by Sunto or anything like that. You know, I'm not out winning Kona or anything. So yeah, I think, I think they're going to be all right. So now we get to talk about all kinds of cool tech and, um, all kinds of cool stuff. So I'm excited about it. And that's the other thing is it's really cool technology, um, now that I'm now that I I feel that it's okay to talk about all different kinds of stuff, you, the listener, you get uh, even more broad aspect of shows and, and what's coming up. I'll have two things that I want to ask listeners out there if they've figured out on on Garmin Connect, for example, that I cannot figure out what's uh, going on on that website. And um, also, there's a story going on around right now that is kind of similar to my own situation, except um, far better athletes and. Uh, <laughs> as far better as you can possibly get better athlete than me and, um, and different, different stuff and, um, different, uh, situation. But, um, uh, Craig Alexander had, uh, a falling out with Orbea and I have not had a falling out with Sunto. I freaking love Sunto and I'm honored to have been with him for a long time. And, um, but he had a falling out with Orbea, even though he didn't want to, because they said they were building him a super bike uh, to be equal with the other super bikes that were coming out a few years back. So the Trek and the, I don't know, BMC and like all these other bikes were getting really aerodynamic. And Orbeo was um, Crowey's, uh, Craig Alexander's sponsor, and they were not getting around to building that bike. And he got, he got really pissed and eventually um, dropped them and then rode a different bike entirely and it went to court. There was like a lawsuit or something. I don't know. So I don't, I don't know all the details, but, um, and he said up until then, you know, he felt really bad about leaving because, you know, they supported him for years and stuff, but he, um, he felt like, you know, his career, because he was going to lose a few minutes on the bike on a less aerodynamic bike compared to his competition, his career is really important and it takes freaking balls to stand up and say, hey, I'm going to go with a different piece of equipment. Um, and uh, I, I was kind of like, wow, this is, this is kind of similar where um, my reasons are far less interesting and, uh, and 
less serious. But mine are just like, man, I want to try something new. I want to bring new stuff to the people. And I want uh, to train uh, differently and, and have some fun. And, um, you know, do some other stuff. But, man, it is freaking hard to, uh, to tell an existing sponsor, you know what, I think I'm going to move on. And you have to sit on that and really, really decide because they've sunk a lot of time and uh, money into you. And you have to kind of come up with a formula and be like, is this going to be good? And so, um, but like Craig Alexander was saying, you know, his time in the sport is short and results matter to him. And my thing is my time in the sport is short. I'm just trying so hard to train and um, train on the, on the pointy end of the, of the, um, of the scale of the finishers. Um, I'm getting, I'm, I'm really fast at half Ironmans and, um, I want to get faster at, um, that sounded kind of egoy, but I've gotten faster at half Ironmans and, um, I'm really trying to eke out a, a 10 hour, a sub 10, uh, Ironman and every little bit that I can do helps and having, um, cool new gear that gets me motivated to train. And also it's got live tracking in it. So Emily can know where I'm at, and I'm telling you, that makes a huge difference. She loves that. She'll let me train longer, and I get better training because she knows where I'm at. It's actually true. So um, that's a big, big deal for me, and um, that's, that's an age grouper, dad uh, kind of thing, uh, spouse kind of thing, uh, parent kind of thing. They want to, they, if you're in that situation, you might be able to wiggle out more training time um, because your spouse is happier that you're gone because they know where you are. And they actually, the coolest thing is they know when you're about to come home, right? So they know that you're only 20 minutes away. So you don't, or an hour away or half an hour away and that your, your direction is coming towards the house. So they, they can um, watch you as you're coming in and start getting their stuff together to go run errands or whatever they're going to do. Um, as you walk in the door and Emily's been doing that and she loves it. It's fantastic. Now the Ambit, uh, Sunto might come out with that, um, soon. I just don't know. I'm not, I'm not in with them, uh, you know, company wise to know, you know, what's coming next. And the last time I asked, it was like, ah, they're looking at it. So I don't know, you know, and I could wait around forever for that to happen. So anyway, that's a, that's a long list and I hope it made sense of, why I'm, I'm doing the Garmin thing. But like I told Sunto, um, I said, Hey, I'm just using them for a while. I, I'm, I'm happy, you know, with, with anything that works right now. And I've got nothing but good stuff to say about Sunto. Freaking love Sunto. And, um, I'm very appreciative of everything that they've done. So anyway, let's talk about, um, the, uh, the few things with the Garmin 920. We're going to do a whole lot of show content on the 920 and other devices. We'll talk about the 920 for now. So it does live tracking. One thing that annoys the heck out of me is the, um, you can set it to tweet that, uh, to post on Twitter that you're, that you, uh, come watch me, uh, live track, uh, my workout right now. But I, on Twitter, I don't like to tell people what to do and the way the Twitter message is structured. And I don't know how to change it. If anybody knows how to change it, please let me know. It says, Watch my live workout now, exclamation point. So you're like telling people what to do. And I don't like that at all. I wish, uh, I know Coach Adam hates that with his Nike stuff. So what I'd really like for it to say is, um, hey, construct your Twitter message in this box, 
like it already does and uh or it doesn't and then um and then it'll tag the uh, end of the message with um with uh the the link to the uh live tracking um, if anybody knows how to do that please let me know if anybody knows anybody that works at garmin tell them to switch that man that is ugh. and then um what's another thing on garmin connect um I know on Training Peaks you can select a chunk of your of your workout. You know, like you can just drag the mouse, and you can do that in Garmin Connect too. You can grab it, but then what um, Training Peaks and what Sunto does on Moves Count is then the statistics change and show you all the statistics for that one chunk that you just highlighted. So, how do you do that in Garmin Connect, man? That's freaking driving me nuts. <laughs> And I figured out another bug. The um, the Wi-Fi won't connect. Uh, the the um, the Garmin 920 does. It can connect to your to your Wi-Fi. Um, but if you're if I'm wearing it on my wrist, it won't connect. And I think my wrist is actually blocking the signal. If I take it off my wrist, it does connect. And um, yeah, so the watch has definitely got some some interesting quirks in it. And there's a big thread on Slow Twitch where people are posting you know crazy stuff that it does, and uh, things that aren't working. Like GLONASS is the um, is the European uh, satellite GPS satellite configuration up there that that's like a competitor to a GPS uh, that the U.S. put up, and people are having trouble with GLONASS on uh, the swim, and. Uh, like it's acting all crazy and I got to say, um, uh, I'm bike riding. Oh, I was running, I was running and my wrist vibrated. Right. And I'm like, Oh, what is that? And I look, cause my, my phone is in my pocket while I'm running out and um, I'm running with the dog. Right. So the dog's on a leash. I got a gel flask in my other hand. So my hands are full kind of, and my, my wrist vibrates and I turn and look and it says on the screen, um, uh, it's your mom calling. And I'm like, well, I'll send that to voicemail. I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> and then I thought, that's cool, man. I could totally do that. The Ambit uh, does, um, does uh, uh, you know, Bluetooth alert stuff and stuff too. But um, the color screen, um, it's nice. I wouldn't say it's a killer feature, Um there, I've noticed that it does come in, it, it's, it's okay. Like it comes in handy sometimes where, um, after a while you get to look for the color instead of just the symbol. And that'll tell you things like, uh, if you're stopping a workout, the stop, the, it puts up a, a red square. And if you're starting a workout, it's a green arrow, um, big one right in the middle of the screen. And, and as, as you get used to that, you're like, Oh, that's kind of cool. You know? Um, but most of the stuff isn't color and, um, there's an activity tracker and stuff like that, which is all right. <laughs> I'm at 18,886 18, steps for the day. And it's not, it's just turned five o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. But anyway, um, yeah, that's it. I got, we got to get in the car and uh, load up the family. We're going to go out to eat for Emily's uh, birthday. Oh, Emily was mad at me for, you know, starting to use the uh, Garmin now, uh, well before Christmas. Um, I started using it a few days ago and, uh, Cause it's my Christmas present. And I said, man, I got to make sure this thing freaking works and I'm busy and I'm not going to sit down for hours and, and, uh, you know, 
put together all the screen profiles and all the crazy crap that it can do and test it out all, you know, for days. Um, it's when I put a half hour in here and five minutes there and 10 minutes there, like changing screens or whatever, it's going to take me, it's going to take me until Christmas to actually get this thing set up. Um, the way it's supposed to, the way I want it to work. And so maybe by Christmas day, I'll have it all dialed in. <laughs> she, she didn't like that, but she tried to take it back from me. And uh, we about had a, we about had it out. I'm like, no, I'm wearing this now. And I am freaking testing it out and using it. And uh, people on the show are going to want to hear about it, you know, because a lot of people are debating about whether or not to get it. All right. I think this will be the last training log entry before we, uh, wrap up the show. Just finished swimming. Really cool stuff going on. First off, getting out of the pool and I've got leftovers in a styrofoam box from Emily's birthday party dinner last night. We went to Cafe Excel, which is a fancy restaurant. And so I just ate some like gourmet bread and cold salmon that's really freaking good, man. But looking at, uh, looking at it nutritionally, you know, some protein and some carbs and oh, that was so good. And but it was funny. I'm sitting in the parking lot, <laughs> eating leftovers. You know, putting my face like I'm eating out of a dumpster or something, out of a styrofoam box. And then um, this was my first swim with two things. Uh, one, the Garmin uh, 920, and that's cool. I noticed um, that because it's pretty thin ish for what it is compared to competition that um, my hand entry into the water was and because it's lighter was nicer that felt cool and that's definitely a plus and then also there's a bunch of watches on the market right now uh, because I think Polar's and Suntos does this with a Bluetooth upload uh, of your workout but that was cool. I got out of the I got out of the water and I walked to the locker room, and my watch goes, "Hey, your phone's now connected." And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." And then it goes, "Hey, I've uploaded your workout." And I'm like, "That's nice." Um, the way I was doing it before was the Ambit is a cable. It's got a cable, which is convenient because it also charges your watch at the same time, right? So you upload, but I only had one cable and. Um, I would have to wait until I got home later that day uh, in the evening to actually look at my swim workout. So I really wasn't looking at it uh, because I couldn't because I wasn't uploading it until later in the day. And now I can go to my office and um, sit down and grab a cup of coffee. And as I'm kind of checking emails and stuff like that, see what disasters have happened over the weekend, which I've already got one, um, I can kind of analyze my swim workout because it's already uploaded. So the Zen part in Zen and Yard of Triathlon is minimizing stupid crap that uh, takes up your your day and your life, um, fiddling with technology, as we've mentioned, instead of actually doing stuff. And so you always look for wins in that category because it gives you more time to uh, do stuff and, and free time. And um, the uh, I remember the... Oh, what was the Sunto had a great watch, um, the Quest, which uh, had wireless upload. It was Ant, and you had to have a little Ant um, plug-in 
a little, uh, what is it called, dongle, but it was tiny. It was cool. It was way tinier than Garmin's, and I think they still sell it. It's the coolest uh, ant dongle out there for sure, and you have to have that plugged into your laptop. But it would do wireless uploads, and that was, I love that, man. That was super cool. And I guess, I, I think the MB3 does it too now. But anyway, the um, I'm in the locker room, and while I'm having to endure listening to teenage boys talk about which of their coaches is hot, um, and d- just like gross, gross stuff, and then also stupid stuff, you know, and they yell, and it's a, it's a locker room, so it's real echoey. Uh, so I'm listening on my... Uh, on my headphones to music to kind of block them out. But I sit down while I'm brushing my teeth and I thought, Hey, I wonder if, um, I can check out my workout on the app that's on the phone to see what I did. And, um, because usually I go to a website to go look at it and Holy crap, man, it's, it's all there. It was there within moments. You know, I, um, uh, for example, I did an interval workout. So my overall pace wasn't as fast as it could be because I was, you know, stopping and resting to recover from doing a hard interval. But, um, my fastest 100 meters was a 102, which is really cool. And, you know, I did uh, 3,100 meters and, um, all kinds of neat stuff. That's got graphs and, and numbers and metrics and all kinds of neat stuff. I, I always caution people, uh, warning them against chasing efficiency because being really efficient is not the same as um, uh, being really fast. And you want to be fast first and uh, while being efficient as you can. Like you could get across the pool in one stroke if you wanted to. Uh, but it's slow. It's not something you want to you want to race with, you know. Anyway, um, so what you're really looking for is how fast you're going at the at the lowest, I guess, fast versus uh, effort level. And let's see what's going on here. We got cops blocking traffic for a runner. It's pretty good. And. Yeah, I think that's it. So feeling really nice. Um, a little bit of maltodextrin on this morning's workout. I got an Amrita bar in the queue. I'm going to eat here in a little bit. And I think that's it. Um, I got a question from somebody asking about how can you tell between uh, heart rate? Or how can you tell between nutrition failure and just endurance failure uh, in a race? And it's from somebody that just did a marathon. And um, what you look for actually is if the heart rate keeps climbing and climbing and climbing basically that means your nutrition's probably okay you could be dehydrated that could cause kind of the same thing but at the same effort level um your heart rate gets goes higher and higher and higher and higher until you finally pop and fail um because your system collapses in on itself uh and while your speed either remains the same or is about the same or only increases a little bit or even slows down because you're, you're fatiguing. Um, a nutrition fail would be more along the lines of your, your heart rate would actually drop because um, your system isn't getting the fuel that it needs to actually run, to run your body. So your body, you, you keep trying and trying and trying but your muscles aren't getting the energy that it needs to um, uh, 
to proceed forward. And so let's say you're out on a, a long workout and you, your heart rate for your proceed, you're trying really hard, but your heart rate keeps dropping. That means either you're not eating enough or your stomach's locked up with too much fuel. And, um, so then you, you need to focus on either eat more or drink more water or something like that. So anyway, I got to go in. It's W to the ERK. Get stuff done. Out. Bang. All right. Done with my evening run. I've got Kona with me. <laughs> we just ran what would normally be my hour run, but I was flying and I was running math, maximum aerobic function, which is where you um, run... Oh, typically 180 minus your age for heart rate. So for me, it's around 140. And you can add a couple points if the more fit you are, the longer you've been doing stuff. And um, man, the multidextrin works really well for me. It doesn't take much either, which is nice. And uh, it does hurt my stomach a little bit because I need to dilute it with a little more water. I think I think it's a little, a little bit too concentrated. But check out these numbers. I'm so excited. So I'm saving my run, and the Garmin does a little uh, wrap-up here. So let's hit save, and then it's going to upload it wirelessly. So save. Okay, what are you doing? <laughs> let's do... Oh, I hit the wrong button. Okay. I didn't hit the save button. I hit the resume button. Okay, saving. One new record, exclamation point. Yay. Fastest 10K, 49 minutes and 25 seconds. New VO2 max detected, 57. That's nice, I guess. I'm going to look into that. Recovery time, 21 hours. Okay. All right. I averaged in 56 minutes... I ran 6.99 miles, which, oh, transfer complete. It's already uploaded it to the internet, and an 8.01 mile pace. That includes warm-up and everything. So, and 800 calories. So, I ate about 200 and. About 250 calories. Oh, I got a Twitter alert <laughs> on my watch too. Somebody favorited a tweet. I'd have to hit it to see actually what it was. And um, what's cool, I hit the done button, is I can, uh, I'm all done. I don't have to upload anything. It's already all done. That's nice. Um, one thing uh, that's uh, something to improve upon is uh, it's got the battery icon, how much battery life you got left. Um, well, icon is nice, I guess, but it's tiny and it shows. Oh, I just got a mention by somebody on Twitter. And um, uh, what's better is the percentage. Like on the iPhone, standard, stock. It just has the battery icon, and you can actually go in to the settings and switch it and say, I want to show the percentage as well. And now it'll say 39% instead of just a, an amorphous blob, which is nice. So 
Garmin ought to do that. That ought to show a percentage on there. The Sunto shows that. It's nice. <sighs> so that's pretty good, Kona, huh? An 801 pace, average. The uh, second half, I was doing well into the seven, and it's hilly, this run. So actually, um, I was running with hills the second half after I got warmed up, uh, a seven, around a 740 pace which was really, really, really nice. That's pretty cool. So that's a math run. And what you do is you run and you, um, what I figured out is if you start having to purse your lips to breathe, what you're doing is you're creating air pressure inside your lungs to ram air harder past your lung membrane into the air pockets uh, so that you uptake more oxygen. You're artificially ramming air in you know, like, you think, it's really funny. To breathe harder, when you see people breathing really, really hard, why isn't their mouth wide open? <laughs> like that. No, you purse your lips and go, well, why are you making a smaller hole when you breathe out really hard? Well, what's going on is you're creating a smaller hole and then pushing really hard with your diaphragm uh, against that, small, that smaller hole and uh, what it's doing is creating a huge amount of air pressure inside your lungs. And then that's, uh, that pressure is ramming air into the, the little sacs, the air sacs inside your lungs so that you pick up more oxygen. It's pretty cool, huh? So anyway, if you're running along and you start having to purse your lips to, uh, to, to breathe... Um, instead of just your mouth hanging casually, you're starting to uh, go above math. And you're starting to go anaerobic. You're starting to have to artificially borrow oxygen against your system to keep going the pace you're going. So if you want to run forever, run below that. And you'll be able to run and run and run and run until your muscles give out from fatigue or you know the jarring of whatever you're doing. Cool. That's it. Want to go inside, Connor? Thank you for running with me. Very beautiful dog. Very pretty. Alright, out.